Christ is risen. On this sixth Sunday of Pascha, and the last of Pascha, uh, we heard the story of the man born blind. Sometimes when we see a description, it calls him the blind man. But my preference is to say the man born blind, because he doesn't stay blind. Um, The context for this this, uh, story of, of Christ healing this man um, is that Christ had been, Jesus had been on the temple for the Feast of Tabernacles, and he had been discussing, well, honestly, debating, arguing even, you could say, with the Jewish leaders, the authorities there, um, trying, trying to bring them to an understanding of who he was and what he was there for and who had sent him, trying over and over again to lead them towards belief, and they obstinately refused. In fact, the last thing he said before this reading, the last thing Jesus said before we get to this reading uh, in the debate with them is he said, before Abraham was, I am. Now to us that just sounds weird and a little grammatically incorrect. But that I am to his hearers, to the Jewish authorities, to anyone, any of the Jews alive at the time, they would have understand what he was saying was, I am Yahweh. I am the Lord God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob. That's a bold claim, so they picked up stones to throw them at him. They were unhappy about this, uh, to say the least. And he uh, says he, he, he passed by. Somehow he kind of made his way out. They didn't catch him in time. He passed by. And then we begin this by saying, and as he passed by. right? So he has just come out of this debate with the Jewish leaders, where he has made this claim very plainly, um, no more. I can't think of anywhere else where it's so obvious that he is claiming to be God. Right? Anyone who reads any of this and thinks that it can't find anywhere in Scripture where Jesus makes the claim to be divine is just not looked very closely at the Gospel according to John. John makes it abundantly obvious. So anyway, uh, he's just come out of making this claim, and he he seeks out this blind man. He seeks this blind man because he's about to do something that will demonstrate that he is I am. That his claim is true. Our Lord, of course, has performed other miracles of healing, right? He's, he's, uh, he's even healed other blind people, right? Bartimaeus, the blind, healed him. Um, he healed the woman with the issue of blood. He's, he's uh, restored the paralytic. A few weeks ago, we heard the story of the paralytic. He's even raised the dead. But this one's different. All of those other ones, I would suggest, are in a sense a restoration, a return to the previous condition those people were in. Even even the ones where he resuscitated the dead. He brought them back to their previous life. This one's different. This man had no eyes. He can't simply just heal him by returning him to his previous condition, because he had no eyes. This is a very different sort of healing. And how does he go about doing it? He doesn't simply say to the man, your faith has made you whole. In fact, he doesn't even talk to the man before he heals him. (laughs) So what he does is he spits 
on the ground and takes the dirt and his saliva and works it into clay and wipes it on the man's eyes, right? This should absolutely remind us of Genesis 2. A fountain came up from the ground and watered the whole face of the earth. Then God formed man of dust from the ground. At this point, Jesus is doing another act of creation. No one else can do this. Our friend, the blind man, whose name, by the way, I discovered, uh, is Caledonius, um, according to tradition. Uh, he even says later on, this is unheard of. No one's ever done this before. Given someone's sight who was born blind. He then tells him to go and wash in the pool of Siloam. Keep in mind... I, there's so much going on in this story. This, I, I probably shouldn't have a favorite gospel reading, but this is maybe my favorite gospel reading. There's so much going on here. Um, he tells him to go wash in the pool of Siloam, right? Go wash. Go be baptized, right? So he goes and washes in the pool and receives his sight, and he returns now, and all the folks that were gathered around, remember, this is right next to the temple, all the folks that are gathered around say, wait a minute, is that, is that the guy that... He was begging. He was blind. I think that's him. And the other guy said, no, nah, it's not him. It looks like him. It's not really him. It just looks like him. It's his cousin or something. I know the family. It's not him. And he says, I am he. But he actually says, I am. He echoes. Now, there's, in the context, of course, he's also saying, I am he. That's also good, good grammar, right? But it's not a mistake that he's saying, I am. He's exactly using the same words that Christ used to say, I am. He's already beginning to be in communion with Christ. He's already beginning to identify with Christ. So they ask him, how did this happen? And he describes how it happens. And they said, well, let's go see the Pharisees. They need to know about this miracle. So they go up to the Pharisees. The people Jesus had just been arguing with about who he was. And what he, what he was here to do. The Pharisees ask him, how did this happen? And he repeats the story again. And they're not sure what to think about this. And they say, well, what do you say about it? The whole time, I, they're trying to trap him. They're trying to find some way that they can attack Jesus over this. Entirely ignoring the miracle itself, right? Um, they did this with, they've done this before. Um, they get upset at someone for carrying their bed, ignoring the fact that they've just been healed. He says I, he's a prophet. And they said, well, we still don't think we believe that you were born this way. Bring his parents in here. And notice how they ask his parents, is, is this your son whom you say was born by? You say, do you really make that claim? Is he really your son? Are you sure now, under oath, that he was born blind. And of course they said, yes, this is our son. He was born blind. We don't know how he can see now. And we don't know who did it, but definitely our son. And John, John is funny. John, in his gospel, there's definitely humor here. They say, he's, he's an adult. Ask him. He can tell you. And so they bring... They bring him back in and ask him again. 
What do you say about him? Who, who, give God the glory. That's what they say to him. Give God the glory. We know this man is a sinner. And he says, I don't know about that. One thing I know, though I was blind, now I see. And they say, tell us again how this happened, because this is really weird. And by this time, he has won the victory. Caledonius, our friend, the man born blind, who later travels to Cyprus with St. Lazarus, um, he's won. He knows that he now is, is, uh, is united with Christ, that he, has, he knows the truth. And so he speaks with an eloquence and a power that we don't get from the rest of the apostles till Pentecost. Um, it's, it's really astonishing how, how he just completely calls, calls them out. I told you already, and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to be his disciples? That also is very important. He's identifying himself now as one of the disciples. He had a momentary encounter with Christ. And now he's totally identifying himself with one of the disciples. No, 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 no. We're Moses' disciples. You're his disciple. Again, they missed the point. And then he says, this is a marvelous thing. I love that line. Isn't that great? This is a marvelous thing that you do not know where he is from, yet he has opened my eyes. I think this is the same group of people that said, wait a minute, Jesus, isn't he the son of uh, Joseph? And they, They knew who he was. They knew where he was from. They knew where they thought he was from. Since the world began, it has been unheard of that anyone opened the eyes of one who is born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. Our friend Caledonius is in this compressed encounter that we have right here. This, this very brief moment in time is making, in, in essence, the full journey of faith. Right? He's now, he's ready. He's, he's, he's there. And so they cast him out of the the synagogue. But Jesus hears all of this. He's close enough. He hears this whole exchange. And he knows what's going on. Of course, he's Jesus. So, of course, he knows what's going on. But he's close enough that he hears it. And he finds Caledonius afterwards. And he says, do you believe in the Son of God? And Caledonius doesn't even say, he doesn't say who, who, wait, who is that? What are you talking about? I'm looking for this Jesus guy. He recognizes Jesus' voice and he says, Who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? He's ready. Whatever Jesus is going to tell him, that's the truth. And Jesus said to him, You have both seen him and it is he who is talking with you. Then Caledonius says, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. I want to just for a moment point to one little part of this that really struck me this time. And... As we have this, this, this journey, if you will, this arc of Caledonius going from, like, in the beginning, he, he's, he's totally inactive. He's not doing anything, right? Uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't ask for healing. He doesn't say, Son of David, have mercy on me. He doesn't call out to Christ. Christ seeks him out. Completely open, if you will, to, to Jesus working on him. Doesn't even say anything, actually, in the story until he gets back from the pool of Siloam. Um, So the first thing he does is he obeys the Lord. The Lord gives him eyes, and he says, go and wash. And he goes and washes. And when he comes back, he has sight. 
And this then becomes the moment, I think, for Caledonius, for our man born blind, that is going to define his whole existence. He's determined now, this, this is the truth. I know the truth. If nothing else, if nothing else is ever again important in my life, this one thing is important. I was blind, now I see. And I will base everything else on that. I was blind, now I see. When he gets questioned by the Pharisees, he doesn't have all the answers. He didn't get a chance to ask many of them. He doesn't have all the answers. Just like we don't have all the answers. But this one thing I know, though I was blind, now I see. So even if we don't have the answers, this one thing we know, Christ is risen. If Christ is risen, nothing else matters. If Christ is not risen, nothing else matters. This is our one thing. Christ is risen. At this last Sunday of Pascha, this is in, in, in essence kind of the last time, although next couple of days, uh, right, next few days, we'll, see, we'll still get to say it. But this is the last Sunday where we're all gathered together and we'll say this, that Christ is risen. So this, this, it, we also cry out with David from the Psalms, one thing have I asked of the Lord. One thing. David just, one thing, Right? The man born blind, Caledonius, our friend. One thing I know, one thing, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, so that I may behold the beauty of the Lord and visit his holy temple. We also have this one thing. This one thing. He has made us to be living members of his body, an incarnate presence of his incarnation the temples of the Spirit, the place of the presence. Since Christ has come into the world, the time of man has come. But not man as severed from God, separated from him, alien to him, but a wonderful time when man, in man, in those who have discovered Christ, in those who have believed in him, who have become one with him, in those who have that one thing, those men to whom God has entrusted the care of his world, People can both receive divine and human mercy and see human compassion, human love, human joy. This is our great call. And it's something which should make us capable of great things. The time of God and the time of man is one, not only in the incarnate Son of God, but in this mysterious incarnate presence which each of us represents, the presence of God in the flesh, in human compassion, in human love. And this is an earnest claim and a challenge which the gospel presents us with. Are we that kind of humanity? New humanity, new creatures, new men and women with the newness of a renewed life, the life of God. This is what we are called to be. Let us then reflect on it, make a decision, make a move, and become an icon, a vision of God, not only in the shining love in our eyes, not only in the words we speak, but also in every action and deed, so that the time of man should have become the day of the Son of Man, the day of the Lord. Amen. Christ is risen. He is risen.